0: to unsigned 518 here with boss crowley and i'm gonna see if i can just get everybody's name right on the first try i i doubt it but i'm gonna i'm gonna give it a shot we got nate ben tom peter john correct (laughs) boss crowley good to have you in the house we went back and forth a couple times as i do with everybody like it's always schedules and things just never work out um When we always plan them to but they always seem to work out eventually. So, welcome to your eventually, I guess, because we went back and forth a bunch trying to line it up, and now it's happening. So I want to thank you guys for for coming together on a what is it a Tuesday night?
1: It is a Tuesday. Yeah, thank you for having us. Yeah,
0: it's funny in the in the rock and roll world that like Tuesday night seems to be. The night that works for everybody, you know what I mean? Because it's like no one's doing Fridays and Saturday. But but anyway, so we want to, um, later on in the show, we'll obviously play some, uh, Boss Crowley songs. But I think what we should do now is, I guess, go back to the beginning of, uh, Boss Crowley, how it kind of came together. And I guess you said, Nate and Ben, you guys are going to kind of tell the story, uh, go, go in the way, way back machine. So,
2: yeah. So, um, Ben and I met, um, I was uh, interning in Albany, I'm originally from New York City, I was interning in Albany and needed a place to stay, Um, and I met Ben through a friend. uh,
1: Named our wives.
2: Named our wives, correct, (laughs) Uh, future wives. Um, (laughs) We were hanging out and uh, met Ben, and like 10 minutes after meeting Ben, we decided that uh, I would be staying at his place the whole summer. Um, yeah, fast forward, we, we both found that uh, we we're both like real into music. Um, so during the pandemic, um, I had moved up to the Capital Region. Ben was already in Troy. And uh, we started messing around and uh, Ben brought his banjo over and I was playing the drums and uh, you know, got a playlist together uh, ranging from Outcast
1: to uh, Paul McCartney and Loretta <laughs> Lynn and Loretta Lynn, well, <laughs> Frank Ocean, too. Yeah, so we were um, making it so, yeah, we started jamming like once or twice a week, and then it was like the pandemic started like loosening up a little bit, so we were just kind of thinking, like, who else of our friends would want to join this because we were finding it was a little bit limiting to just have like we had other instruments around the room, but like. Um, you know, if the drums aren't going, we're not always finding where we need to be. And, um, you know, then we also, um, so I had been jamming a little bit with Peter, John and Tom before the pandemic. Um, and then, so when we started opening our world up more and more, we brought these guys in and the covers got louder. Um, <laughs> and we did an initial show where we just pretty much did covers and we like, were just at this time trying our hand at writing music, but uh, yeah, we kind of transitioned from covers to you know trying to put pen to paper and figure figure some of our own stuff out and when
0: like when was this when you start like uh timeline wise when you started writing
2: your own songs and so it was the summer of twenty twenty one okay um yeah, so Ben and I started playing like that spring. I remember we got like vaccinated right like a month or two after we started playing and um yeah so we we did that open mic I think it was like an alleyway in Troy and then shortly thereafter brought in you know asked Tom and Peter John to come play with us and um, started writing I think Duck on a Rock was one of the first ones or I don't I don't even remember what the first actual song was but.
1: Yeah, I think it was Locomotion as well. It was uh, Locomotion, and then Duck on a Rock was like maybe number two. It was Tom's first song.
3: There was a few others uh, mixed in that we kind of tabled because they either didn't go anywhere or didn't fit with what we were trying to do as well. Um, But yeah, and then we played a few open mics at uh, the Rustic Barn, and we threw a little backyard bash at Ben's... Um, backyard slash kind of alleyway access point and at his home in troy and um, that was really fun we invited a few of our other friends to play big maybe uh yep matt malone and andrew golden uh they played as well and it was i mean it was a great time um and then we just kind of hit our stride from there i feel after uh october of 2021
0: so um the first show like you know now that you're all four together and you've got like your own own songs coming out where would where were the first places other than uh the rustic barn like what are what are some like memorable shows from when you for because you our bands like kind of like timeline almost parallel each other because like i said we were two guys acoustic guitars playing cover songs and then we're like well let's let's add a drummer then the cover songs got a little louder (laughs) and then we were like well let's start writing our own shit and then we're like well let's you know and it was all i mean like summer of 2021 late 20 or whatever but so like you know what are some of the momentum shows or whatever you know what i mean the ones when you're like done where you're like fuck yeah that was the one like
1: yeah our first like we our first like full set of originals was in april of 2022 and that was at Rare Form, and we played at, like, that elevated stage. Nice. Um, and that was, like, one of those – that was the first time we – that was, like, the first Boss Crowley show where we just played Boss Crowley songs. Um, and I think we both – we all had that, like, holy cow, like, uh, it is – like, we all – yeah, someone had a camera of and, like, filmed the entire show, and we, like, watched the entire show. And we kind of like saw how we presented ourselves and, uh, kind of like realized we had to tighten some shit up again. Sure. And yeah. then uh, like we came back and played rare form again, like two months later or, or something. And it was just like, felt like we were like kind of a different band. So it was fun to like, you know, have an okay show at a venue and then feel like you like ripped it there again. Like, <laughs> yeah, we had a, uh, an
2: hour long call. I remember, um, evaluating every song from that video (laughs)
1: um
2: which was actually like it it got a little heated at at, at points but like it that from that point on um we were like we're we're open to share what what went well and what didn't go well and i think that like was a major turning point for
3: sure and like just to go back to that first rare form show i mean like stage presence uh i mean at least for me uh in particular like nerves uh just being like the first time that you go out there and you present just your live music or your like own original music alone is i mean you know that definitely played into the stage presence a little bit you know especially at the the first like three four songs you watch yourself up there and you're just like holy shit what am i doing (laughs) like i'm just standing there i'm singing i'm playing but i'm not missing a note because i'm so meticulously hitting them but uh you know that was i mean that was that was a huge milestone for us though you know all all things aside we got feedback from our friends, we got feedback from strangers uh yeah it was I mean but that was a huge milestone. I don't know uh, if anybody else has anything to say on that,
1: yeah, so actually pretty cool, something we didn't bring up in the origin story, but Peter John and Tom are both like very very new to their instruments, probably like had been playing for like a year and a half before boss Crowley, and so um like the level of musicianship growth that has like appeared out of these two and like stage presence wise is like very lightning strike like kind of out of nowhere kind of stuff it's pretty sweet
4: yeah I remember uh when we first started Tom and I meeting up with Ben and Nate we uh I don't know I mean we went over Nate's and that first night we were kind of like jamming like uh, I'll be honest, like, that period of time, I was starting to kind of, like, lose steam and playing the guitar. Like, I had been taking lessons and spending a lot of time and, like, money and effort and then just, like, not, like, really knowing what to do with the guitar playing skills that I had developed. And uh, when they invited us out to jam, I was like, honestly, I, I don't know if you remember, Tom, but, like, I was not really too keen to go. Uh, I was just kind of like, I don't know, like, you know, it's just, like, we're gonna drive, like, all the way to Nate's and, like, I don't know if, like, you know, they've already... Played music for so long, and I remember jamming with Ben. But like, I don't know, it was just kind of one of those moments. And afterwards, even too, was a lot of fun. But also, I think for us Troy boys, driving out to Valencia was also something that uh, we fucking haul. It was kind of a haul, you know. It was like to go the following week, like. But what ended up happening was that Nate couldn't do it at his place anymore, and then. We kind of were, like, Tom and I had an apartment. It was just him and I at that time. And we were like, shit, maybe we should try hosting at our place. And we did it, I think, that following week. And it just, like, never stopped. And we just, like, kept hosting. And, like, you know, just grew, like, more and more comfortable with, like, playing together. And it was pretty incredible how, like, I mean, Tom and I, I think, going from not really understanding, like, what we wanted to do with, like, that development. And then finding ourselves in this little pocket and like i don't know it just ended up like working out so so great and you know here we are worked really hard and feels good
0: so uh i guess this is probably a pretty good point in the show where we'd maybe listen to one of those original songs that we've been hearing a little bit about so do you have uh, one in mind that you wanna that you wanna play for the folks
2: um we're gonna play funky stank
0: so let's hear Funky Stank, Boss Crowley, and then we'll be right back.
2: She keeps the hot house like a big star. She can't tell one from another. What can I say? She's not
1: as reckless like a CBGB. She don't let the tax figure in the way.
2: Disco ball and change She got the Debbie Harry I'm the to the beast am moving her dancing Fade, she does not stumble, a punk on the street See
0: So that was Funky Stank Boss Crowley. And uh I'm here with Boss Crowley, uh, in the Dazzle Den. What do you think of the the Dazzle Den, boys? Is it it's a, lot it's a, it's yeah. a lot of dazzles. A lot of dazzles. I add new lights and all this. Love moment. it here. Uh but anyway, so Funky Stank, um, Nate, why don't you you're the one who wrote the song. That's right. You were we were saying uh on the break when we were listening to it, uh you were telling me a little bit about what it was about. So why don't you tell the folks a little bit yeah about it um
2: about. well i so i grew up in the lower east side of manhattan like the east village and um funky stank it, it sounds like a you know cheerful song but it, it it is about like uh you know like a punk going to cbgb's who t- struggles with like a heroin <laughs> uh, it's you know it's definitely a darker thing um but um yeah i uh I'm very much reminded of, um, that childhood experience in Troy, honestly, like the, the vibrant kind of creative, um, energy that's, that's going on in in the music scene, especially, um, you know, shows at no fun, like every single night and all, all these, you know, kids and college kids and young adults and wh- whoever like coming out to these punk shows and, and it's, it's good energy and it reminds me a lot of, of that um, the same kind of like early nineties East village energy. So yeah, that, that's the in- inspiration for funky stank basically. And that kind of leads us into another
0: thing that we were talking about again while we were listening to the tune um, The the scene in Troy, like you were bleeding into that, but that, You know, I was saying I used to live in Troy and I haven't lived there in, I don't know, Christ, how old am I? I don't know, I spent the 10 years, let's say, something like that. And it was just starting to go from like this, like, uh, weird negative attitude towards it from the people that didn't live there. And seeing it change and starting to like shift to something like really cool. And then now as like an outsider, you know, living out here in the country. Like I'm like god damn like you know it's almost like like uh watching something grow you know that you that you care about and you're like oh th- it did it you know what I mean so like that's kind of how I feel about Troy I'm like look at it go look at it go so you guys um are pretty much consider yourself a, a Troy band to through and through yep. so, yeah so you were mentioning you know no fun and places like that like are there any other um what was it? it was the, the Bacchanalia? That was what first weekend of October.
3: Yeah, it was. Or yeah, it was like the first weekend, like September thirtieth, I think. Yeah, and we were we
0: were asked to play it, uh, a couple things, but like, it's like you know, it's hard to get schedules together, and we had a shitload of gigs that month, and it was like, but you guys were obviously there, and uh, any any torrid stories or anything. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> well, we. <laughs>
3: I you know I don't want to like uh put I don't want to necessarily make this claim but we did play one of the first uh sets of the first ever Bacchanalia, which was kind of cool. Uh like you said the scheduling was was uh challenging I think a little bit even for us too cuz I remember we specifically like I don't know we just we all work like 9 to 5 jobs we uh <laughs> We we get out you know at, at five or four or six sometimes and um, you know we gave availability we got four p.m. on Friday and we just rolled with it uh, don't tell my uh, don't tell my boss but cut out of work a little early didn't say anything about it no big deal <laughs> uh, but we we played at Rare Rareform uh, we played at Rareform and they had like the biggest stage we ever played on it was just this kind of like large like trailer stage um, I mean it was really cool. Uh, guy named Dan Madelone did the sound for us really cool uh cool setup and we got way more people than we thought we would at 4 p.m on a Friday um and I feel like that like just set the tone for the festival which you know I mean ha- I had like a really great time like one of the fondest memories I've had in a while like playing seeing music um, I didn't have a ton of expectations for it I was kind of just like let's see what happens and I mean like the energy in the city and like in the community and the people that turned out like all the venues, that had shows like No Fun and Rareform, Browns, The Malt Room and The Tap Room. Uh, El Dorado turned into like the punk metal den on Saturday yes. afternoon, which is really fucking cool. Uh, it was just, it was like really rad. Um, and that was like the culmination of a lot of people in the Troy community who are part of the music scene, who aren't part of the music scene and it was just like really awesome to see the energy and and the collaboration and everybody supporting each other's shows i mean and it was it was wild to see the fact that like probably 50% of the people that attended the festival were either the musicians or the people that attend or that like were affiliated with the musicians but i mean i think it's like sky's the limit with that thing um as long as they like keep it going i think um it's really cool
1: yeah definitely agree with what tom was saying about like seeing everybody that you know in the scene at those shows um something that I, like I think when we all got on stage and I definitely you know just starting at 4 p.m like it didn't feel like very many people were in the crowd but then like I like we started just hanging out during the festival and like people were like oh yeah I saw your show or like uh bands that we played with we just like randomly like all of a sudden just kind of like appeared like in the side corner and so like in a lot of ways it just kind of felt like of like a lot of the bands that are just like always playing around finally have like time to see each other because everyone cleared their schedule for a weekend right. and like it was just cool to see like you know the the guys in the scene around that like you dig i don't know and then they get to see you and it was just like a really cool meeting of the minds I, in my opinion
0: yeah and i've just found you know the scene around here is supportive like you know you said supportive and when when Tommy said supportive I was like that's the word you know that's the word because like everybody around here is super supportive like when you're on a bill with the band the opener stays for the whole show and the you know the whoever's like playing last is there at the beginning watching and like I've always been like I haven't been like in bands but I was in radio and like shit like that, like kind of behind the behind the scenes stuff, but like you would always see you know, bands roll in five minutes before they were about to play, they'd walk in they'd have their like, sound guys do their sound check, they the real band walks in, plays their songs for 35 minutes, and then walk walk out and leave and it was like, that's what I always saw like with the, the national acts, you know, it's like all these huge bands are like a bunch of dicks. Um, so it's <laughs> it's nice to see like a scene where you're just like all these bands supporting each other, even if they're not in the same "quote unquote" scene. You know, you'll see. And again, I say this all the time, but like you know, the folk people at rock shows and electronic
1: music at, at punk shows, and everybody's just, oh,
0: I'm here to support the scenes.
1: So. That's like a really cool thing about no fun. Is like every once in a while, I'll see a show where like uh, you're like seeing Ben Saratin or like an ambient musician play, and then they'll do like their thirty minutes. People are like sitting on the floor, and then like the next set will just be like some crazy punk band, and like everyone has to like get out of the Zen trance they were just in for a little bit. <laughs>
0: but you know, it gets how many different experiences can you have yeah. in one night,
3: you know? Musical I mean? whiplash. Like, yeah. In I mean, Troy, probably like five or six at least. <laughs> right.
0: So I guess that will lead us into the second song um from Boss Crowley that we were gonna play. So
1: uh what tune are we gonna play? Yeah, we'll listen to this song called Cessna it's about uh, this guy who had a, an addiction to eating metal and then would have, like, a lot of, like, um, uh, what's it called? Like, oil. Like, uh, yeah, he would just, like, drink a bunch of oil to help, like, lubricate his throat so he could, like, <laughs> eat all this metal. And so he ate an entire airplane and, True yeah, story. Cessna. So then he started calling himself or his friends started calling him Manziere Manzitau. So... This song is called Cessna. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so let's
0: listen to Cessna That's with Boss Crowley, I will be right back to, to wrap it up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Of a spoon on a plane flying high, but it's under the moon. Gobble sounds relaxing, but the hunger fiends are taxing when you're sitting in a meadow room. Commonly eat the tin cans, so pour out oogas of yam. I'm burping and I'm slapping the screws out, so call me Me out over the seas. My cousin holds a and I saw it with my red nug on a sit in the belly of me. I've eaten bikes and TVs, a computer, and some more trophies. I'm pepping and I'm slapping the screws out. So, coffee, my yeah, man.
0: guy who eats metal uh Cessna uh from Boss Crowley, and I'm here with the boys from Boss Crowley, and I want to again thank you for making the trek all the way out here on a on a cold ass Tuesday night I know it's sometimes not easy to get everybody together and uh I appreciate it so before we go though like I do with all my guests I want to give everybody a chance to say their you know their thank yous or gratitudes or whatever you call it I need to come up with a word for what I'm trying to say but you you get it so uh peter john you want to want to start it off
4: yeah big shout out to uh, our partners and wives uh liz shauna courtney becca for being super supportive uh james rath for his artistic abilities helping us out with the stickers and uh our album art uh got rare form brewing company kevin thank you so much for supporting us and our shows uh Shane as well with Super Dark. Shane Sanchez, very big help, uh, especially with this album release party. Um and all of our friends that have helped us along the way. I'm sure these guys have more to say as well.
3: Uh, yeah. Uh so just like general shout out, like we talked about already, Troy Music Scene's been really supportive as well. Uh getting to know a lot of cool people. Um also I'll I'll shout out, I guess, um, no fun for extending kind of the invite through Super Dark Collective for us to play a couple gigs. That's been very fun um, as well. And yeah, Adequate Philboys, uh, we love you, we hate you, you're awesome. <laughs> um, I'll leave I'll leave a few other uh, final shout outs to the other guys. Yeah, uh, Matt Malone and Andrew Golden, fucking rip.
1: We like those guys. They're nice to us and we're nice to them, I hope. Tell call, call in and tell us are we nice to you <laughs> um uh yeah but we're also you know a lot of bands are just fans of in the scene i mean i'm a big personal pine boys fan <laughs> yort yort's great yort boys yeah we, we're we big ben Saratin boys as well i'll pass it on to nate shout out to becca my wife creative partner
2: for life love you um Shout out to my band members right here. You know, we, we we practice twice a week, several hours a week. You know, it's it's, it's who we do it with. And then uh, Gene and Matt, um, gallery owners, neighbors, friends. Uh, they've supported us in our practice studio for a while now, and
1: shout out to them.
3: And also And the uh, Jive Hive yeah, guys. The what Jive the heck? Hive. Where
1: what the heck? Yeah, so you have this album coming out called Live at the Jive Hive. Uh Mikey Bash saw us play at Rare Um actually this album will be out if you're listening. Um it's on Spotify and Bandcamp and all the other ones. Some of the other ones. And I'll put a link to it in the, uh, <laughs> in the show notes. <laughs> yeah. But uh, Mikey and the Jive Hive guys, Alec, Tom, have all just been like fantastic to us and really kind of gave us an opportunity that I don't know when we would have found without their support and help.
0: Yeah. Love those guys. All right. So, Boss Crowley, I'm Andy Scullin. This is Unsigned 518, and we'll see you on the road unsigned 518 is produced in conjunction with nippertown you can find new episodes here every week on nippertown.com if you are a band or musician in the 518 area code and would like to be on unsigned 518 shoot me an email at unsigned 518 at gmail.com i'm your host andy scullen i'll be back next week with another episode of unsigned 518 thanks for listening